Hey gents, welcome to the show. Uh, you know who we are, you know what we do, you know why we're here. Most importantly, you know why you're here. Today we're gonna do something a little bit different today, guys. I've got my wife with me and we're gonna do a podcast together on romance and relationships, specifically what every woman wants in her man, what every woman wants in a guy, not what men think women want, but to get a woman's perspective truly on what every woman is looking for in her man. So I've got my wife with me, Jess, I'm glad you're here. Are you ready to go? Yep. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So guys have their own ideas of what they think women want in them or from them, but tell us you are now speaking on behalf of half of the population of the world as a woman tell us a few things in your own words on what you think a woman or what not what you think but what women want from a man and as we go and you begin to outline and unpack some of these things i'm going to jump in and interrupt on occasion just to tease out some more details some more questions so that men can get some clarity on what it is that a woman wants in her man. So what's first? All right. Well, um, I feel like before we start, I ought to say that this is not an exhaustive list. There are probably women out there that might hear this and think, why didn't she say something else? And they aren't in any particular order of importance. So I did not make you a prioritized list, gentlemen. I'm sorry. You'll just need to do all of them. Um, but to start off, it's going to be um, reliability. Women are looking for a reliable partner to share their life with. And um, when I say reliability, you know, I, I think of the word security. Women are definitely geared towards finding a man who will offer security. Um, there are, there's a place for the wild and the unpredictable, but I think at the heart of it, most women are looking for someone that they can truly depend on and um, lean on to build their life with. Right, so security, I'm kind of looking at these same notes that you uh, scribble down in your wonderful penmanship here, sub points for security. And it looks like one of them is financial. So women are looking for a man that they think is going to be able to be responsible, get up every day, uh, go to work, not be lazy, earn an income, and to provide the financial resources that not only her, but if she plans on having kids with this guy, um, financial resources that are going to be able to provide uh, a meaningful life um, for them to be able to enjoy. Yeah, I think that's definitely a huge part of it. I actually feel like that's the first part of that point. But on the other hand, um, also just financially responsible, you know, able to make wise financial decisions. Um, I, I think, you know, there's nothing worse than the stress of uh, financial difficulties or too much debt. 
on a relationship. Right. So even though he's making good money, if he's blowing it at the casino every Friday night, then that doesn't count. That doesn't work. No, that doesn't work because that's that's not stable. We don't know, you know, there's no way to know if you'll have grocery money, <laughs> even if you did make five grand in a week. It's yeah. <laughs> right, right. So financial responsibility, being wise, being mature. Obviously, men that most of them that are going to be listening to this podcast probably aren't at the apex of financial responsibility, but just being able to realize that there's room to grow in the area of financial responsibility and whether it's listening to podcasts or reading books or watching YouTube videos or talking to somebody else that they may know either at work or maybe at church or in some other social gathering that they can tease out some tips and tactics on what financial responsibility looks like. So you and I have actually really upped our game financially even this year as far as you finally finishing your bachelor's degree and and after being a stay-at-home mom, working part-time on and off over the last 11 years, but actually going back to work full-time and you know generating a substantial a substantial income and of course um, us living in North Dakota and me working in the oil field and making uh, very good money um, we're to the point now where we are just about done with our um, consumer debt and really starting to look into mutual funds and uh, even fooling around with some stocks a little bit here and there just to kind of test those waters but I. I have to say that this is the first time we've been to this place financially in the 13 years that we've been married. And boy, I tell you what, when you finally get your financial act together as a man, as a family, as a couple, it changes your life completely. And I, I, I just remember all the uh, all the fun times of poverty that we've had in the past, you know, and we made them fun and we got through it all, but living in that RV in Texas and having to live with relatives at different times, just because um, we weren't wise and responsible. I wasn't wise and responsible financially. Um, so yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. And what do you think it does to the woman when the man is financially responsible and that aspect of security is there? What does it do for her? Well, I think it allows her to love him better, if that makes sense. Um, there's just like a an ability to actually let yourself fall in love because you don't feel like you have to be so guarded by the and preparing yourself for the unpredictable. Sure. Okay. So just so that people don't think that's a very shallow thing to say. <laughs> <It's that laughs> shallow. I'll love you more when you are rich. No, that's not <laughs> but, what I'm Right, saying. no, I understand, but I'm sure someone's going to think that. So not like, not that a woman doesn't want to love a man if he's not financially responsible, but it almost makes it hard for her to fully love him because she's on right. guard and there's so much uncertainty that it, it just gets in the way of just being able to fully let go and fully yeah. embrace. It's just difficult to trust somebody when they are unpredictable. Um, sure. So. Right. Okay. So it looks like you have emotional security uh, or yeah, emotional security as far as being reliable and reliability. What does emotional security look like? Why is it important? Um, so emotional security, I think is just letting your wife or your person <laughs> um, 
feel safe being open with you. I think particularly for people who have their own struggles emotionally or have been emotionally scarred, um, they don't know how to deal with other people's strong emotions. Um, You know, but everybody has them. And quite honestly, women want to be able to go to their husband and, and say, hey, I'm having this emotional problem, you know, whether it's stress or um, sorrow or anger or whatever, and feel like she can just let that person know without being made to feel guilty or attacked. Um, attacked. Yeah. Attacked basically. Right. So, you know, I just had this thought while we were doing this. Um, I think I'd almost like to flip the coin and talk about some of these things from the man's perspective too. But so, so being able to be transparent, knowing that you can, fully open up and discuss any issue or just being in a place where you're discouraged or you're going through battles at work or, you know, second guessing yourself as a mom or uh, the way the world is and the economy is around us today and having all these uncertainties and maybe fears or apprehensions about things or being able to approach your husband and address issues that you see in him that, make you nervous or things that he can improve on and not having to worry that you're going to be looked at as weak or be attacked or chided for bringing up certain things or um, just being able to have the freedom to speak about those things and not have your spouse get a jaded or altered opinion of you as a person. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, nobody's perfect and we should be able to go to one another in a relationship and say, hey, you know what, I I see this and it's kind of hurting the relationship. It, it's going to affect you in the long run. You know, there are many reasons people may bring something up like that, but um, obviously you have to be able to, to approach somebody and women want a husband that is approachable and safe. Exactly. And safe. Yep. 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 And to be able to have those hard days where you just want to have an emotional meltdown and know you're not going to be judged. And maybe your mm-hmm. husband's not even going to try to solve all of your problems. Just be able to listen and maybe offer some, um, just some encouraging counsel if you need it. Um, yeah, that's really good. So I was just thinking from the man's perspective, how do you feel about men being able to feel emotionally secure with their wives and men. Like there is this stigma with men that says uh, you can't have a breakdown in front of your wife. You have to be consistently strong. And what do you feel like if, if a man is going through a rough season or maybe he hits 40 and he's losing testosterone and he's having some, you know, depressing or discouraging days himself should a man be able to on occasion separate himself from that mantra of constant stoic apex solid masculinity and be able to have a meltdown in front of his wife or be in a season of discouragement or sadness or uncertainty with his wife and how should she respond first should he and how should she respond if he does So I'm going to say yes. And I know I know of women 
who cannot handle that. They absolutely just can't handle the emotional stress of their husband coming to them with a breakdown. But on the other hand, I think there are a lot of women that can. And, um, you know, if there are ladies out there listening, I think we should try to be that for our husbands because in this day and age where men are really put in a box, they're not really supposed to let it all hang out or, um, you know, women are allowed to do that. We can meet up with our friends and cry and carry on or whatever, but men, they don't have that, that safety net in, in built into friendships in that way. Um, so I think marriage is kind of a unique forum for men because they can come, they, at least they should be able to, to get with their wives and kind of bear their souls to them. And um, I think women, you know, should be okay with that. Should be okay with it. Should be a support pillar, mm-hmm. offer guidance and counsel as well. Yeah. So we live in a, in, in, in times that are not like our grandparents grew up in for sure. And there's a lot of men, especially men that are going to be listening to this podcast that grew up in very um, toxic or negative or abusive or, or some type of like traumatic situation in their youth and adolescence. And they're not going to necessarily know how to carry themselves as a full man. And when I say full man, I mean, they may know how to explode and uh, fist pound the table and go to work and dominate their industries and stuff. But being able to be um, emotionally vulnerable and trusting their wife that even if they don't know how to do that perfectly, that their wife will recognize, okay, this is that moment where my husband is trying to be emotionally vulnerable and I need to be a soft landing for him now. Yeah. And what is, what a special role to get to play because the wife is probably just probably the only person in many cases that is going to be able to do that for her husband. Um, it's very likely he does not have anywhere one else to turn to. Right. All right. Yeah. My friends like that are few and far between for sure. So just for the sake of time, uh, strolling down the list, we've got stable. What is the difference between stable and reliable? Judging by the notes here, we got strength, physical and emotional. So talking about being able to be emotionally vulnerable and being able to have that breakdown, Mm -hmm. it's something that we don't want to walk in as men constantly. So we've already agreed that it can happen from time to time and your wife should be a safe place for it. But it looks like that a woman is looking for emotional strength and stability from her man. Yeah, I think so. Um, There's nothing wrong with having a breakdown every once in a while, but the end of the day, women don't want someone that's all over the place, you know, depressed for a week and then on a high for <laughs> a week 15. and then on yeah. a depressed for a week. Um, and that gonna, roller yeah. coaster, it's mm. it's too much. And um, so stability emotionally is important because, um, gentlemen, we we kind of follow suit with what you're doing. So you're a wreck will probably be a wreck with right. you. Yeah, we've certainly seen seasons like that in our own marriage. Um, so you've got physical strength here. So does that mean chicks want guys with big muscles? <laughs> or what exactly did you mean by that? You know, 
big muscles couldn't hurt. They're kind of nice. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. For like moving furniture and stuff? Yes, that is what it is. You yep. know, I can just move mules. my own furniture just fine, but that doesn't mean I want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. So does it make a woman kind of feel safe when she's around a guy that maybe we're not, maybe we're not necessarily talking about being muscled out Arnold Schwarzenegger style, but physical stability in the sense that a man is taking care of his health. Yeah, I think so. You know, that he's cognizant of it and um, it's not something that he just kind of Let doesn't go. care about. And, you know, I, I've got my wife and now I don't care. <laughs> right. Get the beer belly thing going yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> for the long haul, for the longevity of your marriage and for raising kids and being around, I mean, there's, I mean, I, I don't think there's a person out there that hasn't been touched, if not themselves, but they know someone, whether it's their father or a brother or, um, you know, somebody at work or somebody that they, you know, grew up with and they see a post on Facebook that this person now has, you know, prostate cancer, or colon cancer, or, you know, heart issues because, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't take care of ourselves in the mm -hmm. busyness of life anymore. And a man, that is, and he doesn't have to be at the gym every day for six hours a day, but a man that is cognizant of the fact that he needs to take care of his frame and get as many years out of this body as he can. I think that does add some stability to the wife in the sense that, you know, she knows that he he's responsible and he's taking care of it. And, and in the sense that, as you mentioned earlier, that a wife will follow suit. Um, it, it's funny, you know, you see, uh, and I got to be real careful. I don't want to offend anybody here, you know, but we want to be real at the same time. If you see a really overweight guy, you know, not all, not in all cases, but chances are the wife is probably put a few pounds on herself or vice versa, you know? Yeah. And if we let ourselves go physically as men and we're just eating garbage, you know, like just high calorie nutrient, less foods, and, and putting the pounds on and, and not exercising or take care of taking care of ourselves, chances are your wife's going to follow suit and the kids are going to grow up the same way. And mm -hmm. uh, we just don't want that. We want to, we want to change all of those negative and toxic behaviors, not only inside your brain, inside your heart, but you know, the way you carry yourself uh, in your physique. So just running through this here, you got fun listed next. Oh no, let's go back. Let's go back. Um, consistent, congruent, expectations okay yeah. for stability did you have something you wanted to mention on that um actually that's your handwriting yeah no so. well, that, that, that's what came to me <laughs> so as I'm i was not reading sure. this. just to be emotionally consistent allowed to allowed to have moments where we're struggling we're dealing with things and being transparent and being safe around our wives but just overall stability emotionally and physically now you wrote fun as the next I one did. so what does that look like why yeah. is that important because it's number two on your list here all right. So fun is important to me. I am a first grade teacher and, you know, teaching six, seven year olds can be very boring after day after day. And you always have to interject a, a lot of fun into it. But I think that can be in life as well, because life can become very monotonous, you know, working, coming home, doing dishes, raising kids, all of it. Um, and you don't enjoy those things? Well, you know. <laughs> I just love cleaning your day dirty after underwear. Day after day. <laughs> yeah, right. makes, makes my, that's what I look forward to at the end of the day. Yep. Right. Um. So just making life fun, making sure there's a lighthearted atmosphere where there's 
um, teasing, not to the point where it's getting out of control, but, uh, you know, playful banter and, you know, joking and just not being so uptight and mm -hmm. everything is such an epic tragedy. Our finances are terrible. Our marriage is terrible. Our kids aren't doing well. Yeah. Our house is a wreck. Work is a wreck. The economy, mm -hmm. the world, politics, and we're just like tight-lipped and grinding on our molars because everything around us sucks, but realizing that we can't change a lot of things. So we may as well have fun while we're here. And it actually just creates a way more pleasant atmosphere um, for your home. Yeah, it really does. And you are the fun one in our marriage. I can be really, I can be really uptight. Stoic and serious. <laughs> I can be. And um, thankfully, you've always had a fun bone in you and you've really <laughs> you've really taught me the importance of having fun but i think mm. overall women you know they want a guy who's going to make the day in and the day out fun not just because not that they necessarily plan fun things to do but their demeanor and their attitude is pleasant and fun to be around sure and make a woman laugh yeah. how important is that to that's be able so to make important. you laugh <laughs> that's so right important. for uptight people like you to be able to laugh yep. you know what uptight people <laughs> like me and mm. yeah we need to laugh <laughs> yeah so our in our family guys we make these we make funny we, we make funny facebook videos and we put them out there for all of our uptight friends in christendom <laughs> to get a laugh out of them and i think i've self uh, what is it, self-titled or self-proclaimed myself to be the person that is out there to remind everyone not not to take it so seriously, just not take it so seriously. So you do have um, planning fun down here. You know, I do. You, mm -hmm. So what does that look like? All right. So you have day-to-day -day fun, and that's just where your daily interactions are fun. We're lighthearted. We're, you know, we're making spaghetti, but it's still fun because we're joking around or whatever. But the women also would like for their spouses to plan some fun things. Um, and that might be, you know, a, a vacation or um, even just a day trip, some, something fun um, that you know your family would enjoy. Not just something that brings you pleasure, but something that shows that you thought about them. And it's something that all of you can go and do and have fun um, together just to kind of refresh. That'll bring, I, I feel like that just knits families together because, you know, in 10 years when your kids are grown up or they're teenagers or you guys are just further along in your marriage, you can look back and be like, oh, remember when we went and did this? And it just knits the heart closer. Sure. So three things that came to my mind there is the, the ability to not get caught up in the monotony and the grind of day-to-day -day life, work, raising kids, all of that stuff, and then look back 10 or 15 years later and go, you know what? All we did was work. Mm -hmm. All we did was labor, and mm -hmm. there was no fun to it. You have to take moments where you get away from all of that, and a word that you just used, which hits the nail on the head, is refresh. Sometimes, even like back when I used to play guitar and I would run into these like what a, what a writer would call writer's block, or I'd get to this place where I wasn't progressing anymore. If I would put it down and I would step away from it and just leave it alone for a couple of weeks, when I came back to it, it was I was able to push through boundaries that I hadn't been able to push through before. So being able to just park everything and get away and go have some planned 
fun where obviously you spend money that nobody's working you put the phones away and it's just about hanging out with family you come back to life invigorated you're able to come back to your job and back to your tasks mm -hmm. with i don't know if i want to say a newfound passion but energy and determination willingness to keep going to keep doing it you know what i mean yeah absolutely and i think it's really good for relationships and family and on that topic um you know i have been in situations where there was planned fun but the people planning the fun were so uptight that they actually <laughs> made it completely not fun you know your parents listen to this podcast <laughs> right <laughs> love you guys but yeah so you know what when you plan fun actually just kind of let go and have some fun right let go and have some fun so guys this requires you to be proactive during the course of the year and i guess we can just call it as we're call it as we see it we're talking about getting away for family vacations whether it's a weekend trip to go camping or whether it's a week-long trip to whatever amusement park or water park is close to you uh camping trips you know just to get away um, you have to prepare financially. So you need to be setting something aside, making the decision months in advance and making sure that you're squirreling something away so that when that time comes, it's not a burden because mm -hmm. there have been times where I have had buyer's remorse, so to speak, on an event or an activity that we did that, you know, maybe may, may, just being men and, and, and having scales in our heads when it's all said and done, I'm like, you know what, that was not worth the money. And then for the next three days, I'm bickering about it and complaining about it. Like, you know, we spent all that money, and you know, this and that. So this this way, uh, whether it's the epic vacation of your lifetime or not, you've already put the money away. You almost don't even feel it financially. And well, what a blessing that is to not have to go and put a vacation on a credit card and then come back and spend the next year paying that credit card off, hopefully getting it paid off. So, yeah, mm. I would almost say it's better just to plan something that's not going to cost anything essentially. Um, you know, so that might be just a day trip or right. If that's just where guys doing are. something at home, if you don't have the finances for it, sure. Um, just the stress of having to deal with the the financial end if you're trying to do a big vacation and you're not set up for it, it's not worth it. Um, your wife, your family would be just as happy to spend time having fun with you doing something less expensive. Absolutely. So don't feel like you have to break the bank or put anything on a credit card. And if you're not there financially, if guys aren't there, you can go camping in the woods or spend a day at the lake or a weekend at the lake with nothing more than a picnic basket full of sandwiches that you made prior in a motel room at a motel six mm -hmm. and let the kids jump on the beds and you know just have fun with whatever you have to have fun with yeah the reality is that you're the one that makes it fun that's right so it's your your personality your persona the expression of how you carry yourself on that during that time that whether it's, you know, a very expensive thing or whether not so much, the yeah. kids won't even really know the difference. All they'll remember is how dad had a great time. Like we went to the lake that one time and I was in the canoe. I remember this and it wasn't expensive. We just went camping with your parents at the lake and I had 
tossed Elliot into the lake in his canoe and he was going to get me back. And my son was nine or 10 at the time and I wasn't even paying attention. And he canoed his little kayak right up behind me and leaped out of his kayak and grabbed my back and took us in the water. And we laughed and he laughed and just that laughter in the kids and the smile on mom's face as she's watching her children just enjoy a day at the lake was worth a year of working hard and you finishing your degree and the kids going mm -hmm. to school and doing all the homework and keeping the house clean and all of that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So you have on your list here, number three, encouraging. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. You know, I think women are dealing with a lot nowadays. I, I think everybody probably is actually, um, but you know, women, a lot of them are in the workforce. Um, are just dealing with a lot of different things. And we really do need somebody with us that's encouraging. And one specific thing I wanted to talk about was um, a woman's dreams and um, just, just helping your wife ful uh, be fulfilled in her dreams and her desires. Wait, and you're telling me that your life's purpose isn't to follow me across <laughs> the world and align yourself whatever with whatever I'm doing. And um, uh, this is very modern talk you're doing here. It is like, indeed. <laughs> I know. Look at me. Um, so you don't want to spend the rest of your life in the kitchen, like, like baking bread <laughs> from scratch and doing my laundry so that I can go achieve my epic dreams and goals. You have your own dream. Is that what I'm hearing well, for the first time ever? You have your own dreams? <laughs> you know, I do. But I got to say, mm -hmm. there are some women who absolutely are fulfilled at home, um, taking care of babies and being in the kitchen. I actually follow, um, yeah, but your sister was already are, married. Uh, be quiet and be nice to my family. <laughs> one, of, one of my very favorite, um, podcast creators, she does grind her own, uh, flour and <laughs> she's a very good homemaker. And there are women that are very satisfied with that and that's okay help your wife if that's her dream is to be a homemaker and to you know just pour her heart into um the kids and whatever managing Taking, a home yeah managing yeah, a, a home deal, yeah. supporting you and your dreams and your endeavors that's awesome um encourage her in that dream don't pressure her to um do something else if that's where she really wants to be okay you know? let me interrupt you there what if there's those times and seasons in life where a couple is struggling financially and a wife wants to be a stay-at-home mom and be a homemaker but there's that almost like it's obvious that we are in a pinch financially right now for whatever reason and would you be willing to go to work for a season is that okay for a man to ask his wife that well i think we've actually been in that situation when mm. our kids were really little um you know i had two little babies and we were just in that situation um i was I, I did go back to work. It wasn't full-time because I knew that just wasn't possible, but I did what I could. And on, and sometimes you do, you just have to go back to work or, um, you know, maybe you take on babysitting kids in your own home, whatever it is. Sometimes that is something that has to happen. Mm -hmm. But I think as a husband, you know, you need to realize don't plan on making your wife stay in that situation if her heart is not in it. Sure. You know, try as soon as there's a way to release her from that, you should. And this seems like it should be a conversation that people have 
before they even get married mm -hmm. so that a guy doesn't go into it with false ex expectancies that his wife's going to work indefinitely through their career. Because mm -hmm. there's women out there that I think, especially young women, that want to work. And then as soon as they start having kids, they're like, you know, like, I, I think I would like to stay at home and, and raise babies. So a guy really needs to know ahead of time so that he can say, okay, that's going to be an extra annual income that I'm no longer going to have. So I need to really ask myself, what am I able to accomplish for my family with just the income that I make? And if you're a guy, let's say, you know, my audience is, I'm assuming a lot of guys that are kind of just getting started um, with building their lives and getting their lives together. It may look like you not having a million and a half dollar home and, you know, brand new vehicles for you and your wife to have because you're just not there financially. So you have to be okay with, all right, maybe we just buy a mobile home in a mobile home park and keep our bills really low and get all of our debts paid off. And in the meantime, I will systematically increase my wages just by learning my craft and my trade and getting better at it. Mm -hmm. But just being okay, because it's now going to add, since you're losing money by your wife not working, you're now going to add time overall to you getting where you want to be financially. And you have to be okay with that and not make your wife feel like garbage because she won't go back to the workforce. Yeah. And because she is adding value. Absolutely. Um, many times over. Hopefully she's, she's adding at, value. She's, she's not at, staying at home watching Netflix. Well, you and, know, that was one week. <laughs> <laughs> the great British baking show is the culprit for Listen. why there's never any food when I get home. And but why I sure think about cooking a lot of food. Doesn't happen, right. but I think about mm -hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, so your wife's got to be, if she's going to do that, she's got to be able to support you and make sure that you're set up because there's nothing worse than feeling like it's one-sided. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're out there working as a man very hard. And and you know me, I, I, I've been to prison twice and have lived under a bridge in El Paso and, you know, lived in salmon canneries in Alaska. And cleanliness was never a big deal for me, but... I've never come home and been like, why, why is there no food? You know, like you never cook and you know, why is the laundry not done? And this house is a mess, you know, like I've never kind of been that person, but there's probably some guys out there and I could understand why a guy would get frustrated if he's working very hard to provide the financial capital and the resources. And it just seems like his wife's just not into it. You know what I mean? You know, and I think that's a conversation that, if you're in that situation, you should have with your wife. I, I don't think um, ladies should stay at home and not respect that their husband's out there working hard by not doing things in the home. Um, everybody's different. Priorities are different, you know, but I, I think that while he's out there working, we should be working very hard to make our homes home. If you are a homemaker, then do that. To your very best. To your very best. And as he's yes. raising himself up at work and learning his craft mm -hmm. and learning his trade and, and progressively growing and excelling in that, if a woman has chosen to be a homemaker, then she should be progressively getting better mm -hmm. at that trade, reading books, listening to yeah. podcasts, is trying to figure out what it even means to be a homemaker. Yeah. Um, there's been times where I have been so busy in this oil field that I can either 
spend 30 bucks a day feeding myself out of a gas station while I'm grinding out there in the field or amen. You know, my wife has thrown some burritos together for me and put some, and she's baked some like pumpkin bread and it's all packaged for me in the morning. I can just get up and put it all in my lunchbox and hit the road and save the money and stuff that way. You also have on your list here, inspiring her to dream. Right. And so like for an example of this would be like when you and I finally had the talk where our kids were older and I told you, I said, so I'm going to cut you off. I don't cut him off very often, but I'm going to cut him off on this. So it's going to be good. I wanted to talk about this, not him. Um, Well, I do too, but go ahead. (laughs) No. Well, because we kind of segued there, there are the women that want to stay home, but there are also women um, like myself who love being mothers and love being wives, but also feel um, that they would like to go back to work. And the reality is, is that when our kids were really, really young, I struggled with a lot of depression because I just was, I hate to say this because it sounds terrible. I was bored. Um, mentally, I need a lot of mental challenge. And it was a difficult for me to be home. And before I even recognized that, um, Nick recognized it and began to kind of talk to me about some things that I could do as and be a mom at the same time. And I think he um, helped me, helped push me along in thinking about things that I could do and something that I could become and still be a great mom. And so we decided that I should go back to school and finish my and get my bachelor's degree. Um, And, you know, he's far more motivated than I am. And he actually found a great school and he made all the preliminary phone calls and got all the information for me um, because he was so driven to help me um, succeed and fulfill my own dreams. He didn't just let me dream alone or flounder when I didn't even have any real dreams. He went way above and beyond what I think a lot of people do. He helped me figure out that I wasn't really completely fulfilled and I was really wanting to do something else or in addition to to mothering. Um, And he helped bring that dream to life. And when I say dream with your wife, that doesn't mean just say, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I mean... Help her get there. Light a fire under her and inspire Mm -hmm. her, not by being toxic and negative and telling Mm -hmm. her she's not doing anything and needs to because she's a bum, but inspiring her with your positivity and your encouraging words and, and, and laying out a plan. Like, I really appreciate all the accolades there. Um, I wish it was only that (laughs) for, 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 for a man, a man that truly cares about his family, it's about wanting to set your people up just as much as it is wanting them to realize their dreams. My wife has followed me all over this country for ministry stuff, uh, for me chasing this oil field around from South Texas, West Texas, Colorado, and now North Dakota while I you know, um, learn my craft and get myself to my financial pinnacle in the industry that I'm in. And I, I, I want, which I'm grateful, by the way, 
yeah, we, what if we moved like 11 times in like five years? You know what? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> but I wanted my wife, two things. One, to not just follow my dreams around, but find out what her dream is. Like what, what, and we're specifically talking about careers here and it doesn't have to be that, but what do you want to do? How do you want to contribute back to society? Like when you have a person that's as awesome as you are, um, it just seems like a waste to have you bottled up in the house, chasing a kid around, you know, with diapers, you know, chasing, you know, cleaning butts all day or whatever, which, you know, and with that, you know, the timing for all of this was really good too, because the kids are finally in school now and you were able to get that degree from home. It was very affordable. We may as well put a plug in for Western Governors University. If any of the guys out there are like, you know what? My wife could go back to school. It was very affordable, fast for loans, no money out of pocket. It's an official recognized accredited degree. She's able to work either in the public school setting or in the private school setting that she's in now as a teacher. And it's helped her get to a place where she's realized a dream that she has. She didn't really know if she wanted to do it, but now that she's doing it, she is so fulfilled from that aspect. And I'm sure if I was a millionaire and she didn't have to work and she doesn't have to now, but we're at this place already where we're really trying to make some monumental gains financially, but I'm sure she would love to stay home and be a homemaker and homeschool the kids and all that if it was there, but she is able to give back to the community, to give back to these little kids. She comes home at the end of the day, probably feeling more fulfilled as a person than I do because I just chase production fluids around this oil field all day. But she's like a first touch person teaching these young kids how to read and how to write and how to do math and all that stuff. She's dealing with parents. Um, it's an amazing thing. But the second thing I wanted to talk about why I helped you get to that place was because men, we don't know when that last day is coming. We don't know when we're going to get hit by a car or we're going to get sick. And I'm not lighting any candles that that happens to you in life. But tomorrow isn't promised for anybody. All of us know somebody that has gone home, so to speak, earlier than they should have. And as I've spoke about in my other podcasts, every day in America, men die and leave nothing for for legacy or for 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 sustainability for their families, except an eleven thousand dollar burial fee. And I wanted my wife to be able to be set up so that in the event of my untimely demise, she would be able to carry on, so to speak. You know what I mean? And have money and have a career. And even though you know, it'd be hard on her. She would be a leg up and be able to continue with that. So, yeah. So inspire your wife to dream. So you have in encouraging here, gracious through mistakes, which is something I should say we've yet to have to experience here because my <laughs> wife never, ever makes mistakes. But what do you mean gracious through mistakes? Well, there was that one carrot casserole incident. Right. That was a mistake. Yeah, I ate it though. He was very sweet about it. Um, and he, <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> but yeah, you know, whether it's carrot casserole or something. Nah, that was tough, bro. Bigger. We don't have a dog or anything I could have. I had to eat nothing. that every day. <laughs> there was <Honestly>. nothing. <laughs> it was so bad. Anyway, um, yeah, you know what? She's going to make mistakes. We all do. And just as you would like 
grace in your mistakes. She needs it too. Um, not to belittle her, not to make her feel like garbage. She has a financial mistake or she's managing the checkbook and she forgets to add something. And then you mm -hmm. get to the end of the month and you have less than you thought you did because of a typo in the checkbook or um, any number of different things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that you fail and fall from time to time. And the same grace that not only do you need as a man, but that you deserve because you're human just like the rest of us. But it's so easy for us to want grace, but we won't afford it to our spouses. And usually the guys that don't give grace to their wives for the mistakes that their wives make are the guys that are hardest on themselves and won't give grace to themselves. Mm -hmm. You need to give it to yourself. You need to give it to your spouse, to your wife, and she needs to be giving it to you. Give yourself grace through yeah. the mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, along those lines, you know, I think um, mistakes, it's okay to talk about them and talk through them. And I have written down here, plan for success. And what I mean by that is that, you know, how can we plan better next time so that this doesn't happen? Or, you know, how can I support you um, in this struggle so that we can kind of get past it? Sure. Um, work together as a team to try to help her through her mistakes just like you would work together as a team to help you through your mistakes. Right. Like take the kids and go play with them in another room while she's doing the checkbook. So she doesn't have six kids. Not that you have six kids, <laughs> but there may be somebody out there that has six kids that are hanging off of her neck while she's trying to do a certain project and allow her to focus more on it so she can get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it's something she's never done before, like making a carrot cake and, <laughs> Casserole. Oh, was it a casserole? It was a I casserole. don't even know. It's yeah. gross. <laughs> um, and listen to her heart, it says here. Yeah. You know, sometimes she's going to make a mistake and she's going to need to talk through it because she's feeling really bad about it. And mm. that is not the time to let her know what a crummy person she is. Um, obviously, she's talking to you about it and she's let you know that it happened. She's fully aware of all of the badness in it. <laughs> right. Um, so along those lines of graciousness, just say, just let her talk and be encouraging to her. So we're going to move through these last two pretty quick because okay. I've already got two segments that I'm working on for this. And I want to make it so that guys can, you know, listen to it on the way to work and whatnot. We're going to get a bunch of feedback from this for sure. But we're going to talk about intentionality and we're going to talk about passionate pursuing and then we are going to get into that three-letter word that I think every man wants to know what a woman is thinking about. And I won't <laughs> say the word, but it starts with the letter S. Okay. All right. So we're going to do intentionality. What does that mean? Okay. Uh, in your relationship, be intentional. Think about her specifically, okay? Ways that you can show her value through words or gifts or actions um, women want to know that when you're at work, you thought about her. Okay. So <laughs> Nick, when we were dating was at the river one day and found this rock that was shaped like a heart mm -hmm. and he brought it to me and gave it to me. And we kind of Googled about it cause it was kind of corny, but mm. I kept the rock <laughs> because it was cute. Um, 
And then years later, he got this, he bought me for my birthday, this giant polished rock that was in the shape of a heart. Um, And it was just, it was sweet that he thought about me and that time together. But, you know, he'll come home and just let me know um, how thankful he is for the things that I do. And just, it's nice to, to know that your spouse is thinking about you when they're out on their day and they plan things in advance to show you that they love you or appreciate you. So you got to learn your wife's love language. And it can be anything from like, I've even left notes inside of the coffee pot. So when she goes to put the coffee grounds in there, there's a note in there, text messages during the day, different things like that. And by, I, we do not want to make me sound like I am like God's gift to intentional um, thoughtfulness as far as <laughs> gifts and stuff, but I'll have seasons where I am. And uh, yeah, you just have to stop and, and ask yourself, have I been intentionally pursuing my wife? Have I you know, really stopped her in her tracks and looked her in her eyes and spoken intentionally encouraging words, you know, taking her out on a date, whether it's once a week or once a month. And, you know, it doesn't have to be Red Lobster or, you know, the Olive Garden and you go drop 80 bucks once a week or whatever. I mean, it could be you and your wife getting up early. And like, we're at a place now where, um, you know, we, we were able to go and get just coffee together in the morning sometimes and spend an hour together just talking over that. And it just shows your wife that you care about her, you care about the relationship Mm -hmm. and you have interest in her. Yeah. Yep. All right. So then the next one is be intentional in your leadership. So um, I don't care what the world would have us think gentlemen, you are the leader in the home. You set the pace and you set the tone. Um, But in that leadership role, you need to um, really plan on setting a positive pace, okay? Some, Some men are not leaders that do it with kindness or graciousness. They just browbeat and it's it's not pleasant to be under people who lead in that type of way um servant leadership is the term i'm thinking of where mm -hmm. it's not about you you are actually living your life for the benefit and the betterment of the people that are in your home and when you are servant-minded you will notice your wife and your kids accepting and embracing your strong leadership because they know that everything you're doing is for their benefit, for their betterment. Not, as you said, browbeating or fist pounding the table, but even here recently, you know, when I think about how many hours, you know, 140 hour pay periods where. I'm just grinding out there, but I'm doing it because I'm providing piano lessons and sporting events and private school education and quality furniture, like a quality home experience and nutritional food, you know, and my wife knows that I'm out there doing what I do for her so that she can have, you know, good things so the kids can have good things. She knows that I care about her person, about 
you know, uh, her condition as a person, you know, and mm -hmm. I think when you, um, when your wife knows that you're leading your family in a healthy, positive, safe, productive direction that has an end to it, like there's goals, mm -hmm. we're going somewhere as a family. And my husband is very vocal and descriptive about why he's doing what he's doing and where we're going as a family, it allows a woman to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. And, um, you know, along the lines of leadership, I think that, um, I think that my thought just left my head. <laughs> it was there and now it's gone. Have you been drinking again, young lady? No, I'm just kidding. My wife has never had a drop. So we have number five, passionately pursue with a subheading of physical attraction. <laughs> now, is that women want a man to maintain as best as they can mm -hmm. some sense of physical attraction? Uh, yes, that is what I mean. And okay. it's not even like you have to be the most handsome person that she's ever seen. Good hygiene goes a long way. I mean, you know, brush your teeth regularly and shave and get a haircut. Those types of things just show clip your toenails. Yep. Clip your toenails. <laughs> that shows a level of respect for yourself, but also for the people around you. Right. I mean, Cause you... who wants to sleep with someone that smells like a trash can? Yeah, I don't. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right. So take care of yourself physically. It's, mm. it is important. It shows your wife, you know, I value you enough, even though we're already married and you know, I've, mm. I've caught, you know, my fish Caught. or whatever. <laughs> um, now I don't, I don't take the mindset. Ah, I've got someone. I don't need to take care of myself anymore. No, right. no, no, no. All the more you're, you got that person for life and um, you need to, wow. I never thought you about need it to like that. show that you value them by mm. taking care of yourself. What a great demonstration of respect for your spouse by how you take care of yourself, not necessarily mm -hmm. of how you take care of her, but the way that you take care of yourself is actually a demonstration of the level of respect that you have for your wife. I have never even considered that until right now, as you mentioned it. Well, there you go. I like that. That's really good. Yeah. That's good. So with, um, oh, wait, wait. do you, and then if you'd like, please, I have one more. Okay. It's if we have to do another segment, we will. Oh, we I'm know sorry. they're riveted. They're, they're no, they're, no, no, no. They're hanging on the edge of their <laughs> yeah. seats waiting. They want to hear me ramble on. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so um, please. Mm. Also make her feel beautiful. Say it. Let your actions show it. Like a like a butt pinch in the kitchen every once in oh, a while. I don't know about that. Hold but. her face and look <laughs> her in the eyes and tell her she's beautiful. Something. Whatever makes your wife feel beautiful, do it. She okay. needs that, guys. She needs it. Especially after 10, 15 years of marriage, a couple kids, a few pounds, mm -hmm. wrinkles, crow eye, or whatever they call that. You know Excuse what I mean? Excuse you, sir. I wasn't mentioning you. <laughs> He's looking no. at my face while he's seeing that. <laughs> Let me just go through all of your fine points. No, no, but your wife will get to a place where, you know, you guys know how it is. The TV, the internet, the magazines at the grocery store, all that stuff. They've got, you know, the, the brightest and uh, the most well-endowed young women that are out there and women see that and they begin to feel like uh, inadequate. I think, you know, physically they begin to compare themselves to what Hollywood puts out, you know, and, and it's like, uh, you know, they need for their husbands 
to reiterate how beautiful and how attractive and how attracted to them that they are. Yeah. And it's not, and, and for some of you guys, it may have to be kind of a a hype thing. Uh, I'm one of those lucky men that it's not that way for me. My wife is more beautiful now than she ever was in different ways and uh, including physical. And uh, so I don't, yeah, I don't have to work hard to say that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good demonstration for you. (laughs) So let's talk about sex. Yep. And I know your parents listen to this podcast. Surely the cat's out of the bag. The fact that we have three kids. So it is true. <laughs> guys want to hear what a woman is wanting from a man as it relates to sex and sexuality. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stop this just because we're running up. This anchor platform that I have only does us 30 minute seg- segments. So I'm going to stop this one and then we're going to start a brand new one and we're going to get right into it, guys. Hold on. Okay. So the topic all men are desperately wanting to hear because men are inundated with all kinds of immoral and lewd and perverse sexuality. It comes at us everywhere. It's on the TV. It's on the phone. It's in the conversations at the workplace, all of that stuff. Yeah. Let men know what a woman wants from a man in the arena of sex and sexuality. Well, with you mentioning all of those things, you know, and talking about how women often don't feel like they um, measure up in the area of being beautiful as the world portrays it. Um, And then men are, men are seeing those things as well. And, you know, thought processes happen. Um, But I think it's really important to let your wife know that when you guys are having a moment. um, What do you mean by a moment? (laughs) When you guys are being intimate. Oh, okay. Like as a couple. Yes. Okay. Sorry. When you guys are being intimate as a couple, that it is about you and her. It's a connection. It's not a, I had this thought and I'm wanting to try this. Yeah. Try this. Or I need just a release. And it's not, it can feel very much one-sided and like, you never want to make your wife feel like she's just a means to an end. Okay. So let's just make sure we got that guys. Your wife is not a semen receptacle (laughs) for you to slake your lusts upon at any given moment as you see fit. Your wife is looking for connection she wants to know that in that moment you're making love to her, not her flesh. Now, as difficult as that may be to comprehend, I think most men will. It involves eye contact. It involves pace. It involves possibly even, you know, well, you know what? I won't go there, but it involves connection. Now, that does it for a woman. Okay, guys don't necessarily need that in order to enjoy sex. But I will say that some of the better intimate encounters that you and I have had have been when there was great connection. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just about release. Yeah. But now I have to talk about this, though, because women ovulate once a month. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
That doesn't mean that women don't enjoy intimacy, sex, and romance at any time. Obviously, we know there are certain times, monthly, yearly, where a woman needs to rest and just be left alone. But there are, but men ovulate every day. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. and if I'm you don't sorry. know what ovulation is, you can look it up. So women, women are more prone to, you know, um, be responsive, I guess, mm -hmm. um, at different times. Uh, but men are responsive in the moment, in the moment we can be responsive. What would you say right or wrong, or how would you I don't even know, describe this where I'm just going to call it gratuity sex, okay. where you're, you understand that your husband is a red blooded male mm -hmm. and has needs and is pent up and you don't want him to spend <clears throat> all day at work with his mind, you know, racing yeah. because he has this pent up um, intimacy that needs to be dealt with, responded to. Is there a place for a woman not really being into it, but just being gracious towards her husband because she understands how much he does? I think so. I do. Um, I guess we're going to be really, really open here. Sure. <laughs> um, I definitely think there is. There, there are times where I just know that it's a need. And because I love my husband and I don't want him to be struggling at work or throughout the day or in his brain in his or thoughts. in his brain or in his thoughts. I, mm. uh, you know what? Help facilitate. Let's go for it. <laughs> and, mm. and it's not that I don't enjoy it. You know, I may not be just totally in the mood for it, but, um, it's okay. It's an act of kindness. It's an right? act of kindness. And you know what? Sometimes mm. it, is turns into more than that. Oh, wow. Look you there, guys. <laughs> so the world is, like we said, flooded with perversion and lewdness and immorality and taboo and, you know, unclean things that are out there. And a lot of guys that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to come from a past where morals and morality were unchecked. Um, growing up in environments where um, they were already engaging in sexual behavior um, in their teens, in early ages, and with kids having access to pornography and things like that in their pockets nowadays, people are watching a lot of forms and types and behaviors in this arena that I don't think typify what I'm just going to come out and say what God's design mm -hmm. for sexuality is. And most guys know that I don't get overly religious on my podcast because I am trying to reach a very broad audience, a very wide variety of guys um, to just get them thinking about becoming a better man and all the different aspects of that. But for me, for myself, I mean, I'm, pornography was accessible very, very young. And if guys aren't careful, they can watch things being done in that Hollywood sexuality arena and then assume that that's how that's supposed to be done and turn their bedroom um, into a porn shoot mm -hmm. 
and ask their wives to do things or be involved in things that not only does your wife have absolutely no interest in, but it's actually a violation of the gift of sexuality. And it turns things dark. And the problem with it is it requires you because most guys are engaging in that type of sexual activity, even though they may not realize it, they're engaging in that because of the dopamine release that happens in their brains. It creates a very pleasurable, very feel-good feeling, not only for the rest of the body, but in the mind. And we get caught up early in life drinking and using drugs and pornography and immorality because we are trying to create a dopamine rush in our brains that's going to make us feel better because the reality is we feel ashamed we feel neglected we feel uh, we're dealing with just a bunch of toxic junk and the problem with that is is if you get caught up in that type of intimacy with your spouse um, it's going to require you to do more perverse, more immoral, more lewd, more inappropriate things because um, you get used to it and it just doesn't do it for you anymore. And you have to constantly heighten um, the levels of lewdness and, and, and perverse sexual behavior um, to get that release and to get that dopamine release. And your wife is precious. And I mean, she is someone's daughter, someone's sister. You have daughters yourself, maybe, or young children, or you soon will. Do you want your daughters to be treated in the bedroom by their husbands, by their spouse, in a manner that's reflective of the immoral, unclean sexuality that exists in the porn industry or just in, just in common life. It's so prevalent now, just in common life. Like I have to, I have to check myself because I'm a man just as men and we have appetites and we get aggressive and, you know, we're on a mission, you know, and um, you have to stop and realize that your wife is an angel you know, and she's precious and she doesn't maybe necessarily want to be treated that way, but because she's a good woman, oftentimes she will, she will go with you. Remember we were talking about this earlier. You set the pace. She will go with you and with whatever you're doing because she loves you and wants to please you. But in the process of doing that, you are violating your wife. And I want guys to realize that. Any thoughts before we close? Um, I just, I agree with you. And I think women walk away from it and they've, it's, it's very distasteful and they feel dirty. They do. And you know what? They don't, they don't want to respond to you as often. And because they know just, what they're going to get. Yep. They do. And they know that it's not about you and her. 
it's about what you're wanting. It, it's a very selfish type of, of sex. sexuality, yeah. And it doesn't involve her except that she is a physical necessity. Right. Um, and nobody wants to be used in that way. An ends to a means. Yep. Um, and I think it's 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 the beginning of a um, growing gap in your relationship. If you start walking down that road, it may start there and just widen and, and get grow into other areas of your marriage and your relationship. Right. Um, because there's not a closeness and, you know, it starts to break down a lot of these other things that we've talked about. Um, will be affected by it. Yep. Yeah. Guys, I hope that's a help for you. Just some thoughts to think on, um, on the anchor platform for the podcast, you guys can, go into the show notes to the details of the show. And in there, there's a support tab. I don't even want to talk about that right now. What I really want to talk about is the message tab. You guys can actually go in there and message me directly. I really would like some feedback on this as far as um, if it was helpful to you. If you have any trouble accessing the message tab from the anchor platform on whatever Whatever, whatever podcast platform you're using, whether it's Spotify or iTunes, once you click on the on the details, the show notes, the show details, it'll bring up an anchor platform that'll allow you to leave a message. I would really like to get some feedback. If you have any trouble accessing that, I want you to reach out to me at apexmasculinity.com and shoot me an email there and let me know what you thought of the show. Guys, I love you. I want you to sleep well at night. Thank you.